Hey, welcome to the Dare to Decide podcast, where we take a psychological dive into our everyday decisions that shape our relationships, health, and finances. My name is Marion. I'm a former school psychologist who built a multiple six-figure online business, helping thousands of women transform their health and confidence. This is a podcast for women who don't want to settle for a life that is less than what they know deep down they can create. I believe that to begin building the life you truly want, you are just one decision away. This is an Up Level Your Life podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. And actually, I'm recording this episode on my my birthday eve. Tomorrow, I'm going to be one year older. Um, I'll be turning, I'll be turning 33. Well, not really. I'll be be turning 43, but it's 43 is the new 33, right? So just going to go with it. Uh, And actually, you guys, a super rad birthday gift, I guess you could call it, would be if you haven't already, take one minute and tap the star rating and leave a review for the podcast. If you that is, if you find it like helpful and you like the podcast, um, Apple uses the ratings and reviews and deciding how they share the podcasts. So that would just be the best gift. Um, and it's kind of funny in talking about my birthday because in so many ways, I feel way younger than I did when I was when I was 33 in real life. Um, maybe if you're in your 40s, you kind of get what I'm saying. Like, and if you're in your 20s and your 30s listening to this right now, let me assure you that I feel like it only gets better. I mean, I feel like if I could go back in time with my 42-year-old mindset and confidence, I would dominate my 20s and 30s. So anyway, I digress. Let's dive into today's topic, which is how to manage anxiety and overwhelm like a boss. So this episode was inspired by a message I received on Instagram. I had just shared on Instagram stories about my backyard landscaping kind of nightmare. Long story short, over the past uh, five months, my husband and I have dropped a considerable five figures on our backyard landscaping. Well, the the landscaper took a large last sum payment one day and then like went to France. Oh, well, not really. I don't know where they went, but they, I can tell you, they are not in our backyard. Um, so not only did they leave the job half finished, they also didn't do the first half correctly. So we had this irrigation specialist and another landscaper come out and they couldn't believe what they were looking at. Basically, everything, including the irrigation system, needs to be torn up and we need to start from scratch. Anyway, I was just kind of laughing about it on stories because the whole thing is just uh, ridiculous. And is it frustrating? Yes. Do I like to hand over several tens of thousands of dollars in cash to people who then like peace out? No, no, I I really don't. But I just I just shared that I was now interviewing lawyers to handle the situation. And I think I had some like laughing um, emojis next to it. So later that day, I received a DM from Megan, who lives in Australia, responding to my story. And she gave me permission to share her message here. So here it is. She said, hey, Marion, just want to say that I'm loving the podcast and wondering if you would consider an episode on managing these types of issues. I find that when I have an area of conflict like you are having with the landscaping, uh, particularly if it's related to my home or my close relationships, I can become quite overwhelmed with anxiety and the issue consumes all of my thoughts. 
This happens even though my rational brain knows that it will inevitably be resolved. This is in contrast to my professional life as a psychologist working as an executive coach, where my job is literally to help people manage conflict and make decisions in complex environments. Anyway, just a thought. Thanks for all the brilliant content. So first off, thank you so much, Megan, for your sweet words and for listening to this little baby podcast. I just love this topic. And I was excited to produce this episode and not because I don't ever get stressed or or think I have all the answers. Uh, nope. <laughs> I hope it never comes across that way on this podcast. I have the same human struggles as anyone else out there. And I loved that when I was I was messaging with Megan about sharing her DM, I asked her if she wanted me to not include the fact that she's a psychologist. And you guys, her response was so, so beautiful. She said that no, leave it in. Like she wants people to know that even, you know, psychologists, professional mental health experts have the same human hurdles. We need to normalize these feelings and these struggles. In fact, it's usually the people who act like everything is always perfect, like perfect marriage, perfect children, perfect hair day every day, and that they just don't have the struggles like like us peasants do, they're usually the most messed up, right? So that that girl on Instagram that has like the super curated feed, you know, where all five of her children are wearing like matching outfits that she made from curtains and they're all looking at the camera at the same time, like it's some sort of like Vanity Fair shoot or something. Yeah, she, she's probably a hot, sticky mess behind the scenes. But but really, my my hope with this podcast is to have these conversations of the decisions we make in life, and then to share some actionable tips, research, and stories so that you can dominate the decisions as they come. Because anxiety, stress, self-doubt, self-sabotage, those things are all normal. So it's more about how we handle them. All right, let's dive in. I have two tools, or I guess you you could call them strategies, that will help you dominate feelings of anxiety and overwhelm. First up is something I learned back in graduate school, and that is when you feel anxiety and overwhelm start to kick in, stop and ask yourself one question. What half of the brain am I sitting in right now? So it was like a hundred years ago when I was in graduate school, my professor drew a picture of a, of a brain on the whiteboard, and then he drew a big line right down the middle. And he said, you need to imagine that the brain is divided into two halves. One half is your rational thinking side, and the other half is your emotional side. And if you're operating on the thinking side, you're acting rational, balanced, calm, like you're looking at problems from a realistic perspective. You aren't catastrophizing things or taking things personally. You're kind of like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, right? It's all about logic. But if you're sitting in the emotional half of your brain, oh boy, <laughs> your emotions and feelings are driving the bus. You struggle to think straight because your overwhelm or stress is like, it's so thick, you can't see through it. And there's going to be times when it's it's healthy and normal for us to swim in the deep end of our emotional half of the brain, right? If you just learned that your husband has cancer or your home, if you've ever been broken into like it's normal and healthy to feel natural emotions and sit with them. But what is not okay is to allow the emotional side of your brain to drive your bus every day, like, like it's an invitation. So the perfect example of this would be like watching the news. 
I swear that some people watch the news just so that they can get like fired up. Um, and I asked a few girlfriends late recently, like, do you guys watch the news? And how do you feel when you are done? And they're, they're like, I feel burned out. I feel angry. And a lot of them were saying like, they just feel anxiety and kind of scared about what's going to happen. And because that's the world's a little bit um, upside, a little crazy right now. Right. So it's understandable to have those feelings. But you could be having the best day ever. And then after 20 minutes of the news, you're feeling anxious and overwhelmed and, you know, kind of did it to yourself. So another example would be social media. A crap ton of studies have shown that the more time you spend on social media, the higher instances of depression and anxiety. Um, There was a specific study released, I think just last year, shows that anxious people tend to gravitate to social media as a form of escape. And as a result, that only increases um, the duration and intensity of their reported anxiety. So sometimes the easiest and best thing we can do is to avoid spending more time in the emotional half of the brain by picking up your phone or turning the TV on. Like just put the screens down and it makes a huge difference. So My point is it's vital that we ask ourselves, what half of the brain am I in right now whenever we feel anxiety and overwhelm? And if your honest answer is, "Ah, I'm in the emotional half of the brain, ask yourself to take a step back and look at the situation logically from the other side of your brain. We have to look at what's happening um, and almost like you were sorting through a box of rocks, looking for the smooth rocks. And those smooth rocks are the ones like the things that you can control, that you can directly influence. So only pull out those smooth rocks and walk away from the rest. You can't control them. It's like the weather outside. It's it's raining whether we like it or not. So now that you have those smooth rocks sorted, it's going to be way easier for you to sit in your logical half of the brain and see what small things you can do to improve the situation that's, that's causing you stress and overwhelm. So for instance, let's say you're going through a divorce or a separation. There's a lot of emotions with that type of thing, right? But if you can choose to just visit your logical side of the brain just for a little bit, you'll be able to make a list of reasons to be hopeful, reasons why a year from now you'll be looking back feeling proud and how strong you are and how you made the decisions uh, for your life that are in line with your best life. So that's the first one. Ask yourself, which half of the brain am I sitting in? And then pretend to just walk to the other half and look at the situation from that perspective. Um, by the way, this works really great when you're having an argument with someone. One person is usually like full on in the emotional side of the brain, right? Just fired up and pure emotion spewing from every pore. And the other person is trying to stay on the logical side and keeps trying to rationalize with the angry one. And that never works, right? Because if you're squatting in the emotional half of the brain, logical points, they don't matter. It's, it's, like, it's like throwing water balloons on a burning house. It's probably not a good use of time. So that's why it's always best to let the emotional person settle down so that the two of you can have a conversation later when you're both in that logical half of the brain. Um, but if you notice that your partner is in the emotional half of the brain, resist the temptation to tell them that they're nuts, even though they may be, Um, or honey, you're operating from the emotional half of your brain right now. (laughs) That will not go over well. Instead, 
this is, this is kind of fun. You can stay in your logical half while validating their emotions. So saying something like, I hear you're angry. I hear that I caused this when I didn't take out the trash. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the cause of you feeling sad or angry. So basically you're using emotional words to help them feel seen and heard. And you're meeting them where they are in a way without really meeting them there, you know. So you get the point. Just just as it's super helpful for you to identify what half of the brain you are in, it's also very helpful when dealing with other people at home or at work. It's it's basically how you can win arguments in a sneaky way. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, going back to my landscaping issue, I I could allow myself to get all emotional about it, but I've made the decision to stay out of that half of the brain for this situation. It's a decision. I've decided that it's better for me. and It just makes more sense to stay on the logical side. And since we've hired an attorney, at this point, there's nothing else I can really do about it. And that's okay. So we always got to keep perspective. And in my case, like no one is dying, right? And when, I don't know, but when I look up at the stars at night, I... I realize that what I'm allowing myself to get stressed about, it's, it's often a really pretty small issue in the grand scheme. And sometimes that's what it takes is just to tell ourselves, like, okay, it's all going to be okay. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. All right. So number two, the second strategy to manage overwhelm and anxiety like a boss is to change your state. Because when these things anxiety and overwhelm like take a hold on you it can feel like you're drowning right like you want so badly to come up for air but it, it feels like you can't get a full breath before being pulled back under so this strategy is a fast way to help you take a full breath of oxygen so we can change our state in a whole bunch of ways right some of them are healthy and some of them not so much Examples of people changing their state in unhealthy ways we see all the time would be drinking alcohol, uh, binge eating, uh, drugs. So when someone drinks after work all the time in excess, it's often because they want like they want to change their state, and usually they, they want to feel something or they want to avoid feeling something. But a healthy way to change your state and really process. Your anxiety and overwhelm would include something like going for a walk outside, especially if it's out in nature. Uh, people really underestimate the power of walking. So there's this recent study. <laughs> I have all these studies. Recent study where researchers found, this is fascinating, that the impact from hitting our feet on the ground while walking sends a hydraulic wave upward through our bodies and this wave is actually strong enough to send blood back up through our arteries, increasing blood flow to the brain. You ever like you ever wonder why some people like to walk around when they're on an important phone call? It's because it's activating different parts of their brain. Um, back when I was practicing as a school psychologist, I would do what's called walk and talk therapy sessions with my students. Um, there's this is actually very effective for boys and men, by the way. Uh, if you want your boyfriend to have a conversation about something, take him on a walk. They'll open up more. So working out is another incredibly effective way to change your state. And working out, I know, may feel like the last thing you want to do when you're feeling overwhelmed. Like, Marion, 
I am overwhelmed. There's too much on my plate and I don't have time for anything else, let alone a workout. And I I get it. But we make time for things that are important to us. Like in your mental health, like golly, is there anything more important than that? A workout is like taking medicine for your mind. And I know, I know this isn't blowing your mind. Like I know we've all heard that working out is good for our mental health, but how many of us actually do it? And by the way, yes, work like walking is a workout. We must do something physical each day for our own self-care. So consider this to just be a little like, hey, you you can do this, like a little nudge. <laughs> Even if it's just five push-ups in your office or during every commercial break of The Bachelorette, which actually would end up being a lot of push-ups, by the way. And showing up for yourself in a very small way like that physically can turn your entire bus around. Okay, so to recap, when you feel anxiety and overwhelmed, try to push you underwater, stop and ask yourself, what part of the brain am I sitting in? And then decide to visit the other side of the brain and look at the big picture in a realistic, non-emotional way. And number two, change your physical state and it will waterfall into changing your mental state. Overwhelm kicking in? Heck no, go for a walk or book that Fierce 45 workout class for this evening. And like, you just need to decide you're going to do something and that decision will make all the difference. All right, you guys, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If I could just ask one favor, if you enjoyed today's podcast, I would be so grateful if you helped me spread the word over on Instagram. You could tag me in your Instagram stories at Mary and Barry Fitness so that I can personally send you a DM to say thank you. In addition, every single week I'll be choosing one person who shared the podcast on Instagram and I'll be buying you a beverage to show my appreciation. It'll be a Tito's martini or three cups of coffee, your choice. So thank you so much. And until next episode, keep your chin up, those shoulders back and know that you are worthy of more.